Whiskey Business is brought to you by the law offices of Saya and Pyatt and by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. It was a long time ago, almost 36 years, in fact, this April 5th of 2018, the day my life changed forever, the day that every hope, fear, plan, challenge, and dream I had plotted out for myself took a new course. I'm talking about the day my daughter was born. I was all of 22 when she came into this world. And as excited and amazed as I was by what had just happened, I also realized I had no clue as to what I was supposed to do in the next few minutes, let alone in the years to come. I was now, me, responsible for the care, feeding, and guidance of another human being with the only predominant goal unconsciously taking over to do whatever was in my power to make that little person's life just a little bit better than mine, or my daughter, my kid, my baby girl. Maybe I'm biased, but uh, if the relationship between a father and daughter is a good one, then that bond between the father and daughter is a strong one. And I'm not counting the one that includes you wrapped around her little finger. No, I'm talking about the connection between a dad and his always in his eyes little girl the other one that one wrapped around the finger that's strong too and pretty damn expensive welcome to whiskey business a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey and yeah that little soliloquy about daughter and daughters will all come to fruition here in just a moment hansberry Congratulations. Uh, I believe little Mabel will be your daughter. Will it's be a three, big milestone, yeah. Three years old this this coming yep. Sunday. Yep, from when we record this show, uh, Saturday the 20th. January yeah. 20th, she'll be three. Three. So, uh, you know. To go fast? From two-nager two to three-nager. Yeah. Uh, it has. I think in over the last few months specifically, I'm like, where the hell did this little kid come from? She's always been the baby. You know? Uh-huh. And you have a son as well. Yeah, which and, which puts into perspective because he you know he's three years older and he's a boy, so I have this kind of buddy buddy relationship <laughs> sure. with him. He's three years older. He's a boy. I barely <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, I don't know. do anything with him. But my daughter, your daughter, <laughs> I've seen I've seen you. She's got you wrapped. Oh my god! Wrapped. Talk about wrapped around my wrapped finger. solid. So congratulations on that, Thanks. my friend. Three it's years. Fun. Old. She's adorable, by the way. Yeah, she's, thank you. She's just a beautiful child. <laughs> and our guest bottle uh, t- tonight is. Another thing I've done, Hansberry, I'll start of the year. I'm I'm totally going against everything that I've preached about in 2017 about, you know, good bourbons being 50 bucks and under. This is the second week in a row and the second podcast yeah. of the new year, and I got another $90 bottle. Well, there are high rollers that listen to whiskey business <laughs> as well. The guest bottle is barrel bourbon. Um, it's a hot bourbon, and we will talk more about that one uh, a little bit later when we get to it. I also want to thank our sponsors I think maybe that's it. I think maybe unconsciously that's why I'm 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 getting better whiskey. 
or not better whiskey, but more expensive whiskey. <laughs> because that? because now that we have sponsors, getting paid. we're getting paid. <laughs> and since we're getting paid, my accountant says that these bottles, a portion of it, is technically a write-off. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> because it's work-related. Uh, so thank you to the law offices of Say and Pyatt, located in Columbus, Delaware, Cleveland, and Mount Gilead. You can contact them at splaws.com or 888-OVIOhio.com or the old-fashioned way on the phone, 614-444-3036. Contact them for a free consultation today. Award-winning lawyers with over 100-plus years of collective experience and a reputation for results, which leads me to uh, the introduction of our guests. Speaking of experience, I have one daughter. My guests tonight are former guests that have been on the show before. Uh, my good buddy, Jamie Sanfilippo, who's joined us on um, one of our early podcasts when we talked about the 25 days of Christmas cocktailing. Um, you were on the uh, poker podcast that we had not too long ago in late in, in 2017. And he joins us tonight again, along with, speaking of sponsors, the man himself from Saya Empire, John Saya, is with us tonight, too. So, gentlemen, welcome. Welcome, welcome. What I said that I have one of, you guys have done thrice. We're talking about daughters tonight. Three daughters for Jamie Sanfilippo. What are the ages, Jamie? 15, 10, and almost 7. And almost seven. And John, three daughters, how old? 22, 20, and 15. Yeah. <laughs> and both of you say it in that tone of voice like, I can't believe it that I have three daughters. Was that the plan for either one of you? John? No. No. No, not at all. No. Nope. Was it the plan to have three children? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, was it the plan to have three kids? Uh, yeah, actually, we we would uh, we would have liked to have had four, but we had to stop at three. Uh huh. Because they were all girls, and <laughs> you didn't want a fourth one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was done taking a shot. <laughs> <laughs> John, what about you? Were you? Were we, you? Were we you... we thought we were done after after two, and then uh, uh, had a little little delay, not very long. Um, uh, just about four and a half years, uh, and then decided to have uh, to have the third one, which uh, mm -hmm. also was a girl. So. Yeah, like I said, I've never gotten past the one. Uh, does it? Did it get easier after the first one, and the second one, and then the third one? Well, I mean, I don't know if it gets easier. It's, it's different with each one of them. I mean, they're all their own person for sure. Uh, not one of my three are like one another. Uh, they're they're definitely all individuals. Uh, does it get a little bit easier? Sure, because there's things that you can expect, you know, that are going to happen, uh, scenarios that you've already been through. So it does get a little bit easier, sure. John, it it gets easier because you just don't care as much. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you've you've been through it, you've been through it once or twice, and uh, you know it, it's the old saying of. You know, the, the, there are no rules for the for the youngest one. So, um, you know, because of that, you just kind of sometimes shrug it off because you've seen it all before. And do you actually kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, experiment with the first one and work out the kinks as you move on down the line? So does the first one, you know, get the lion's share of the mistakes? No, no question about it. Yeah. You see, John has more experience in that because I'm just going, my oldest is 15. Uh-huh. So I'm just now going through the rough years. 
So, is that what I, you consider to be that right now? The rough years are started for you, Jamie, at at fifteen. I, I think at fifteen, there's a lot more that comes into it. There's now dating. There's there's high school proms. There's homecomings. There's you know more social activities, and you have to learn to kind of trust your little baby girl more than what you ever have before. Do you guys trust your children? Absolutely. Ages 15, 16, 17 were just pure hell. There's, there's <laughs> no other way to put it. I now, mean, with, with with which one? All of them? Because well, how old's your youngest now? So my youngest is just 15. 15, so she's and starting. She's starting. The mouth's, the mouth's got, get going already right now, So where she's a little mouthy and, and answering back. And with the other two, uh, no question about it, that, that age 15, in between 15 and 16, uh, something happens, and they're they're just they're they're just hell to to live with. We all have beautiful daughters, which you know there's a there's a secret part of me. Don't get me wrong; I consider us to be blessed that we have beautiful children. But I got to be honest, on the dad side of it, there's times you know I wish that the child was hideous. <laughs> yeah. It might make things easier. It might make things a lot or made things a lot easier. I mean. Jamie, your daughter, fifteen, is I, I she's she does not look fifteen, and your daughters, John, have never looked their age either. So, how have you handled that over the years? Well, I handled it by by number one, just not not being their friend. My my daughters have told me that 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 their friends, especially the boys, fear coming to our house, and I like just smiled and said I like it that way. So. Um, I I just kind of kind of put the fear of God in them. So in uh, the boys, actually in the girls. So in the girls, translate it to the boys. Did you know? say you you were not their friend? Yes. So they they uh, today in today's world, parents want to be friends with their kids, and kids want to be friends with their parents, and I just find that very bizarre. So uh, I always kind of drew the line that uh, I'm, I'm not their friend, and I, I would do things with them, but I would do a parent child thing with them no matter what their age was where a lot of parents and 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 their children do things together um as if they're friends and i would would never cross that line and therefore i'm told that i was feared interesting because now with the the age difference and and jamie now you go back yours is just turning 15 do you take a different approach um are you their friend it's interesting to hear him say that yeah um, uh, me because I don't know yet that I'm still kind of working through that scenario in my head uh, uh, of or, or that how to handle I, I think there should be a balance of being their friend and being the parent um, the good thing in my house is that my wife is a feared individual <laughs> Everybody, By every, including you. Everybody fears her, including me. I mean, you know my wife very well. Um, uh, therefore, I get the chance to not have to be that feared individual. Now, my daughter, for some reason, she is still scared to death of me, and I have no idea why. Which one? A Maria, the 15-year-old. Yeah. Scared to death of me. She'll tell her mother things, and her mother will tell her to go tell your father that, and she will not. She refuses to come around me. Do you think it's because fear or disappointment or retribution I, I th or what? I think it's fear and disappointment. I think it's her worst nightmare to disappoint me. So, uh, John, when, um, you know, 
let's let's start with the oldest. When your oldest had an issue or a problem, did she go to you or did she go to did she go to your wife? Uh, it would depend, and, and she she was bright enough to play us against one another. So, really? Yeah. So I mean, early on, again, you were asking about the experiment with the first one. Yeah. Well, early on, she'd come with an issue, or there'd be an issue, and one of us would deal with it, and then like the other one would find out later and, and we'd find out that that she was playing the the two of us so we playing learned both ends playing, against the middle mm -hmm. so wow. uh with <laughs> the second one we realized that we first listened then we talked uh and then uh you know sharon and i made a decision as to how to handle the situation but with the first one, she got away with a lot because of uh, she was she was smart enough to play us against each other. So, John, your your suggestion to me is to just let my wife handle everything. <laughs> that way, she can't play us both. Right, but she but just she go will, ask mom. That's all I should say. But she will come to you if she doesn't like mom's answer. So be prepared uh, for I that. Can, I can put my uh, earphones on there. I can I can block out that. See, it's 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 kind of cool that both of you are are still married and 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 still have both co-parented with your wives, the children. We, you know, I got divorced five and a half years in, into my, so my daughter was literally five and a half years old when our marriage went down the tube. So I became that, you know, that weekend parent. And that takes on a whole different uh, feel right off, right out of the gate, you know, from, from that time on. And then I was gone for a lot because I was on the road doing stand up and really didn't start to, to bond again with my daughter till she was like 13 years of age, which I thought was an important year to, to kind of get back into her life on a, on a more full-time basis. Not that I wasn't full-time as far as the love and the caring, but visually putting eyes on the kid. I lived in California. She was here. I'd get back every four weeks. It, it wasn't the same. So um, that, that seems to me to have, it makes for a different path as far as a, a connection with my kid. I think my connection with my daughter is probably different than the connections you have with your kid on both good and bad levels. You know, I, I feel guilty sometimes that I wasn't there for some of those years. And then I hear stories from you guys. I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't such a bad thing that I was <laughs> not there for some of those moments, which I kid and joke about because, um, I know some of the struggles that she went through when she was in high school and, and like, ah, I, you know, I wish I would have been more, more involved and, and, and been there. But, uh, my daughter's not afraid to come to me with anything. She comes to me with just about everything. So, you know, from the first one to the second one, your second one is uh, again, how old now? Just turned 20. Just turned 20. So she's on her way more or less, in college and doing everything. And now you've got Bridget, the third one, who's still at home, probably getting a driver's license soon. I just got her permit uh, mm -hmm. in the last month. So. Maria is... She gets her permit in about a month. Okay. So how do you guys feel about that? Is that uh, a whole new level of concern? Or after John with you, after two, the third one is like, eh, no big deal. I'll tell you, my the first time that I signed for that permit was probably the to me that the, the most, uh, uh, the biggest part of parenting, because I sat there and I thought about the freedom that I had <laughs> as a, a 16 year old with a driver's license. And, and I still remember that day vividly with the, the first one going in and signing uh, for her to get that permit. It was a little easier with the second, with the third didn't even phase me at all. 
but with that first one, uh, when when Caitlin, my 22 year old, uh, that that was like a, a that, that was a tough day. So does the third one benefit, or does the third one get a raw deal? Uh, <laughs> in my house, in my house, the third one benefits. Yeah, greatly. I mean, how so? Well, I mean, she's going to be seven years old, and we still just call her the baby. Uh-huh. I mean, I think when she's 22, we'll call her the baby. Uh-huh. And so she also has the best personality of the three of them, as in even keel. Nothing gets to her. I mean, she's seen her mother and her sister fight, you know, and her mother and her, you know, her next to her other sister fight. She's seen the worst of the worst, and yet, she could just sit in there coloring and doing whatever, and nothing phases her I, whatsoever. I've been to your house when it's been nothing but total chaos in just about every room, and then I see your youngest, like you said, in a room by herself, in her own little world, yeah. doing her own thing, happy as a, as the proverbial clam. So, I mean, I think she benefits, her personality benefits from that um, because she's she is uh, a lot more even-keeled than the other two. Three distinct personalities with your oh, daughters. A hundred percent, a hundred percent different. Every, John, every one of them. Three distinct ones. Uh, not really. The the third is kind of a definite blend of the older two, without without any question. So I wouldn't say three distinct, just because the uh, our, our youngest kind of kind of has has the personalities of her of her two older sisters and a and a combination of them. So it's kind of interesting. Do you guys get accused of picking favorites? No. You know what? Nobody's ever done that with me. No, I mean your own children. No, no. You love that one no. more. You like her more. You do more for her. I so. mean, sure, they're going to say that every once in a while when they're mad about something or they want something or you let somebody do something that you they know, can't if, do. If, if Gina wanted it, you'd do it. Yeah, uh, maybe once or twice, but not very often. John? Uh, absolutely. My my two, <laughs> my two, my two older daughters, every Every time we see them, they always talk about how Bridget, the youngest, is the favorite and how that, in, in, in our eyes, in the parents' eyes, my eyes and Sharon's eyes, she can do no wrong and that we let her get away with so much and she is by far the, the favorite, according to the two. Now, once again, that's probably the 10-year difference between my kids and his kids. I mean, right. if we were doing this podcast 10 years from now, right? I'd probably have a lot of the same answers John's having right now. But like I said, I'm just starting on this journey that he's already gone through how honest are you guys with your daughters oh not at all (laughs) not at all i mean i don't want her to do anything that i did in high school i don't want her to do anything i did in college i don't want her to do anything i did in my 20s so when she gets has she asked questions has the oldest one asked questions about your behavior at her age she was just complaining to my mother was in town and she said you know dad just will not tell me anything that he did in high school I hear his friends talk about it, about he, he did this and he was that, or but he will not talk to me about his experiences when he was in high school. And I said, you're right, I won't. Were and, you at some point? Yeah, when she's about 25. <laughs> we can compare notes when she's 25. Uh, Mr. Saya? Yeah, honest, yes, but holding back a lot, yes. My, my kids' favorite times uh, about related to this issue is when there's relatives around mm-hmm. and they can ask questions about what uh, their mom and I were like uh, when we were their age and what we've done. And I mean, we just sit there and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, why do they have to tell them the truth? Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, Maria just redid a room 
we just repainted it and she started putting up pictures she's going through the, all the old photo albums she put she put every bit of 10 or 15 pictures of my wife and i from college and in our early 20s yeah every one of them's got us with a beer in our hand or something it's all every one of them's taken at a bar or on a cruise ship with a big banana drink you know or something um and now they're all up over her room so she's not naive right i mean but uh i think it's funny that she has those in her room what would you have done differently if you had sons you know i i don't know I mean, I, I miss the facts, the fact that I never got to coach Little League Baseball or uh, Little League Football or get to take them to a, a Major League Baseball game, a football game, or, or just the bonding but, that fathers but, do but with sons. But you take your daughter to basketball games and you guys... I do, I do. And you've got one of the most aggressive schedules I've ever seen as far as extracurricular activities. Yeah, Maria's a volleyball player and, and my middle one, Gina, she plays everything. Um, so, I mean, it's cool, but it's, it's still not boy sports, you know, mm -hmm. it's still girls softball and it's still girls basketball, which is great for me and girls volleyball, which I, I just absolutely love it, but I wouldn't, it's not the same as if it was the sports that I played and my ability to coach them in, in the way that I was coached. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been asked to coach girls sports and i said i i just don't think i can do it because i only know one way to coach and that's how i i was coached right and if i did that the little girls i'd be in jail so <laughs> <laughs> what about you would you would you have uh um guided them differently if they were boys it's interesting i i i don't think so um i i all, all my girls were involved in sports and i coached them in, in volleyball basketball uh softball um throughout the years, uh, taking them to sporting events. They're, they're sporting fans, uh, sports fans. They uh, uh, still go to baseball games, football games, basketball games, things like that. So um, I, I agree with, with Jamie 100% that the level of intensity is, is different. I had to uh, tone it down uh, quite a bit um, after the first season of coaching my daughter and uh, you know, we had tried to have one of these father-daughter moments of reflecting back on the season, and uh, her her favorite part of the season was picture day. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I realized then that I needed to uh, to to go to some coaching clinics about coaching girls sports and things like that. And uh, you know, they're in it for the uh, companionship and the fun and the the pictures. Well, I mean, um, isn't so. that supposed to be part of it though at that age? Absolutely. So I changed the way I changed the way I coach totally and uh Okay, we, so you changed the way you coach. Absolutely. But yeah. you won't change the way you parent. Um probably yeah, I would say that's a correct statement. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, yeah. you know, the, you're able to to distinguish between the two. Well, yeah, part of that yeah. though is he's parenting his daughters. He's got a coach 13 others. You know, so so he can't he, he can't, can't be the he can't be like he is with his kids with everybody's right, kids right right right, and that's what would be my downfall. <laughs> I would try to coach it, every kid like I want to coach my it's, kid. It's interesting. I know. I mean, I know you got the different age groups here, and you and and what he's going through, you've already gone through. But it's interesting to sit here and talk to you because it's becoming uh, the tale of two dads. I mean, it's 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 like parallel universes, but totally different uh, modes of operation, and yet. The final outcome thus far, because I know both of your families, is like great kids. Great kids. I mean, especially, uh, you know, John with your oldest right now. 
Um, I remember, you know, just being outside looking in and the relationship I, I see now with your oldest, you say you don't want to be friends with them, but I see a much more friendlier um, type of bond between the two of you now than I did when she was growing up and went through all the high school stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you one, speak to her and 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 you interact with her more as a as a contemporary, as and still your daughter, of course. But there seems to be a more adult level to things. Yeah, without question. I mean, she she my oldest is Caitlin. She graduated from uh, University of Cincinnati in May. Uh, has a job uh, off the payroll. Um, <laughs> uh, invites me to do things that that are adult in nature. Um, you know, but my, my birthday present was to the, uh, tickets to the craft beer festival and a, a university of Cincinnati basketball game last mm -hmm. year. So there, there's no question about it, that it's becoming more of a, uh, of an adult friendship type relationship than, than father daughter. But there's still times when, when we still, I still have to be the, the parent rather than the, without uh, a doubt, rather my... than the friend, but it's definitely changed to more of a friendly, uh, type of relationship. Man, you guys are bumming now. me out, man. I was hoping by the time I was, they were 25, I would be done. <laughs> I, you know, I just... <laughs> no, my daughter, like I said, will be 36 in April, and there are still uh, times in her life where, um, and she lives in New York City, and I, I think I was telling you this, Jamie, that uh, you know she's been in New York since she was 19 years old, mm -hmm. and that city is a tough city to be in. She went to school there, she's worked there, and I, I, I've gotten a little sad from time to time because I've seen the cynicism and and the beatdown of that city way on her shoulders. And sometimes I go, what happened to my little girl? But every once in a while, every once in a while, that kid comes back and you're like, there she is. You know, she's not she's not completely gone. And when I say gone, I don't mean that in a negative way. You, you adapt to your circumstances, you adapt to your situations and you learn and you grow as a result of it. So, I mean, she, New York hasn't, you know, chewed her up and spit her out either. So I got to give her credit for that. Yeah, but as a parent, isn't that what you're looking for is for them to become their own person? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't want them to be little robots of you. You don't want them to come running to you for every issue. You, you know, they, eventually they got to stand on their own two feet. But don't you want them still, no matter how old you get, for them to still want to come to you for something? Oh, they always will. I mean, the, the girls, that's the one good thing about being a father of girls and that's one of the things i wanted sons, to get into go ahead sons will when sons leave they leave my mother gets mad my mother lives in columbus georgia she gets mad at me all the time i've been back home twice in 24 years she comes up here a lot to see the kids um if i was if i was a daughter i would have been back 300 times yeah it's just daughters love their daddies no matter what until the day they die they'll love their daddies They'll fight with their mothers. They will fight with their mothers. And they'll love their daddies as they get older, even more so, I think. As they get to be adults, that bond, I think, gets a little bit tighter even as you get older. When they're younger, they're all about their mothers. I mean, they're all about their mothers. They, No matter what, they, no matter what, they want mommy. And then the histrionics start to kick in and look out. I mean, you know, they go from being friends to almost uh, frenemies at, at one point. John, did you, did you notice that with growing up with your kids? That when did they fight more with mom, or did they fight more with you? Uh, it depended on the age. So that that age of that uh, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, they they fought with mom much, much, much more than they did with me. Um, 
the other ages, it would just depend. It would go back and forth. Yeah. And who handles the arguments better? Who handles the situations better when there's been problems? Uh, Mom, Sharon does, definitely, without, mm-hmm. without any question. And so. do you, as husband and wife, both of you, have you agreed or or do you or have or disagreed on the method to pursue in disciplinary situations in in any situation whatsoever be it dating driving or how to handle a, a problem same page not always but you have even a, if, you, even if we get, disagreed on it we would a, still allow one to say control that? <laughs> <laughs> i mean you, not always i mean but, I mean, I could throw my opinion out there, but my opinion is not worth a whole lot. I think half the time, uh, my I, wife is definitely in charge of, of most of that. So do you think maybe that's why sometimes? Because, you know, you, in your situation, and we're laughing about it, you're, you're exaggerating a little bit, but because, you know. Not much. M- mom is mostly the disciplinarian, and, mom is the, and, and the fear comes from mom, so forth. Do you think maybe that's why daughters sometimes gravitate towards their fathers as maybe a, a, a refuge? Maybe when they get older, but still, even if she's the disciplinarian, if my oldest even has anything that's really bothering her, she's not coming to me with it. She's going to her mother with it. You know what? I, maybe I'll be wrong, but she will. Yeah, I, I think as, she, as maybe she gets older, but right now she's still going to her mother with it. I mean, because there's certain situations that I can't explain to her. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it's like to go on your first date with a guy. You know, I, I don't know what it's like to be asked to the prom. You know, I don't know what it's like to do a lot of things that she's going to, that she's going through. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no sense of, of, I have nothing to recall. <laughs> You're learning as you go. Let's, let's take a, a little break here because I want to ask one of the questions is going to involve alcohol when I, when I get to it here in just a moment. But how are we liking the, uh, the barrel bourbon? Are you digging it? I, I suggested it, it runs a little hot, and I suggested that we put a little uh, a little ice or water in it, and I think that uh, I, I like it a lot. The the hot from the first sip is kind of gone after you yeah, take absolutely. a couple more. It's becoming mm-hmm. much smoother and uh, I, I a, think lot, a lot of taste. I, yeah. I think it's a lot sweeter than it is hot. Yeah, really? Yeah, you I, said I find it a little hot, and uh, I I when I first tried this, I always thought it was almost a little at times scotchy but I'm, i you know what it's just going to show you need to go back and try again because i'm not picking that up as much this time around the first time i tried it i i thought it was a little uh a little seems like a real mm, uh honey finish to it on uh, the car caramely yeah. butterscotchy caramel clove anybody pick up a little I mean, clove for a 112 proof bottle i think it's incredibly smooth yeah Sometimes people stay away from the, oh, 112, that's going to kill me. Well, you know what? Sometimes those higher-proof whiskeys are, are some of the smoothest in the lot. It's got, got a little, something. little smoke finish, too. Not much. Just a hint of a smoke finish uh, right away. When was the first time you caught your kids drinking alcohol, or have you ever caught your children drinking alcohol? Oh, I've I've caught, caught them several times, uh, discovered empty beer bottles, uh, different places and things like that. So, um, you know, uh, different attitudes with, uh, b- between, uh, their mom and I. Um, but you know, I, I, I was, I was okay with it. 
our rule in our house is that that we neither her, their mom or I will ever condone it. We will never buy it for them. We'll mm-hmm. never allow it to happen. But you know, yeah, we found the beer bottles down in the basement after a, a sleepover or something like that. Um, you know, sometimes we would just let it go. We found a lot of beer bottles. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a be a problem. Do you uh, do you think it's our, our ethnicity? I mean, we both come from Mediterranean. We all come from Mediterranean backgrounds where wine and and beer were uh, kind of a normal thing in the house on a regular basis. I mean, we you know we drank wine in my house and we drank beer in my house. And when my daughter went on a field trip in high school, I remember I had to sign a waiver if it was okay for her to actually drink wine while she was there. And, you know, I said, there's going to be supervision. And, and at that, at that point, you know, I was, I've trusted my daughter to do the right things and I signed it. The more, more so that, I mean, both, both Sharon and I and our, uh, you know, families are, are drinkers, so the kids have been around it all the time. My kids are very fortunate in that they got to they got to travel around Europe, um, where you know they were drinking on on school trips and things like that with other you know fourteen, fifteen year olds and uh, and things like that. And and there, where it was allowed, they were allowed to do it, even though it was a school a school. It function. was like when my daughter went to Europe, the same thing, the same deal. The, the waiver they had to sign and and. and yeah. Now, doing what I do. Yeah, I was going to say, at any point, did your kids say, oh, don't worry, my dad's a DUI lawyer. My, my Caitlin, my 22-year-old, can probably drink me under the table at this point, so I, I don't know. Uh, and, she's a must bourbon, and she's a bourbon drinker. I know, I was going to bring that up. She but, likes bourbon. Um, but I told my kids their whole life, just look around at everything that you have. It's from people who drank and then chose to drive afterwards. <laughs> so they they are really good about uh, about about Ubering everywhere. They they do not drink and drive. I mean, if they if they have have a drink, they're they're taking an Uber. So uh, interesting, Jamie. What about you? Well, you, got, I, you got the you got the the oldest one now, who's definitely falling into that temptation lane. I mean, I've got a story, but if I tell it. Uh, I'll never be able to go back home. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, have we caught? Sure. We've caught them on a couple of occasions. I mean, you get 10, 14, 15-year-old girls in a house where there's a bunch of adults having a good time and not paying any attention. Mm-hmm. And if they can sneak a bottle of wine or a, a little bit of whiskey or something, they're going to do it. I mean, we did it when we were kids. I was going to say, do any of us feel like slightly... Uh... A bit of hypocrisy. No, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because what they are doing at at fifteen, or what she's doing at fifteen, and her and her friends, peanuts compared to what I was doing at fifteen. Peanuts. I mean, it's it's so minute compared to what I was doing. So, so what irritates me is when we did it, we didn't get caught, or we didn't want to get caught. Uh The kids today, they flaunt it. They put it on social media. It's almost like they want the parents to know what they're doing. And that's what's what's most frustrating about it. Is Why that, do you think that is? Is it, is it, a, is it a move of defiance? Is it a... Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we would have gotten caught just as much. It's just there's... the We didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. I think it's a social media. They, they Everything's got to gotta be on, on you know, there has to be pictures. you flaunt it. Yes. We would have never... We, we don't we, know that because it wasn't... The opportunity we, wasn't there. We didn't have a way to flaunt it. Oh, we did. No, not not like they do. <laughs> Maybe not like they did. You know, 
I'm not going to be on the on the front page of the Steubenville Herald Star uh, the next morning. That's not what I mean by flaunting it. But you know, we there were ways that we could have gotten whatever we'd done out there if we really wanted to. But I didn't. I'd ever wanted to. I mean, that was like you know, I, I grew up in the valley, where if you were 18, you could cross the river and go to West Virginia. So if you were 16 and 15, you were getting fake IDs. And going over where you could drink legally at 18. And then when you got it to be 18, come on. There you go. Freewheeling. But, but they do it as they're doing it. I mean, we would kind of tell stories afterwards. Yeah. And they, they yeah. do it where, as they're doing it, people know and they're going to find out. Um, and then people start showing up at your house and things like that because <laughs> it, it's all over the, the social media. So I think it's just a different thought process, a yeah. different way that they think. It may be just stupidity. Stupidity also. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. My daughter is a, is a general manager of a rock and roll bar in, in New York. You know, she's still pursuing her singing and songwriting, but she's got to pay the bills. And everybody thinks that because of... um my affection <laughs> for the libations that my daughter, be, my daughter's not a big drinker at all. In fact, she, she doesn't even like to drink that much. She'll drink socially, but uh, not on a regular basis at all. Well, you can and, tell she only weighs 98 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that's because she works in a bar and, you know, and, and, and just sees uh, a lot of the idiots that, that, uh, that go too far with it or whatever the case might be. The only time I ever saw my daughter drunk, really drunk, was her 21st birthday in New York City where she threw down the, you know, slammed down the shot glass and said, I want to drink Jack Daniels with my dad. Well, God and I bless said, her. sweetheart, no, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. And yes, I do turned into the yes, we did. And eh, I remember just picking her up in my arms and throwing her into the back seat of a taxi and telling the driver where to go, take us to the hotel, please. Pouring her into bed, kissing her on the forehead, saying goodnight. She went to sleep. Next morning she woke up. How you feel, baby girl? Like ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't we do the same thing with Mikey Two Shots? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and Mikey Two Shots was a 62-year-old man. <laughs> hey, I want to drink with you guys. No, you don't, Mikey. No, you really don't. Bad idea. What's the most scared you guys have been thus far with any of your daughters? The most frightened you've been as a parent? Uh, Maria had asthma when she was younger. It was uh, Christmas Eve. I wish I could remember how old she was at the time, but she was young, three, four years old. And uh, we had to take her over to one of the children's hospital uh, medical centers and get her the breathing treatments and scared the hell out of me. Just, I mean, I, there was nothing I could do to help her. Just felt like the most helpless individual ever. And it just almost made me just break down in tears and cry. I just couldn't a do it. That's that's a tough moment for a parent when they actually feel that oh. they no matter what they say or do it's completely out of their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I'm lucky. I mean, there's a lot of parents who've gone through a lot worse than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's the worst thing, then then I'm a blessed individual. But uh, that was a scary. I mean, if, if first thing that comes to my mind, I think that was probably the most scared I've ever been.
John? Yeah, we've been really lucky, I have to say. I mean, nothing that really jumps out, uh, illness or injury, uh, automobile accidents, um, but but there's been really nothing that, uh, you know, traumatic um, where where we were, were, were overly scared. Um, the, the, the birth of my, uh, of my youngest, Bridget, was a, was a battle. That's probably the most scared I ever was. But uh, um, the, the Sharon had an, have an emergency C-section, and, uh, and everything, uh, everything worked out just fine. But uh, other than that moment, that, uh, that's probably about it. Mm. For me, it was, um, I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, Hansberry, when, I, when she decided she wanted to transfer from Otterbein University and go to Marymount Manhattan in New York City. She had to audition. She did. She got in. We had to move her up there. And then three days later, 9-11. Yeah. So, you know, one of the worst tragedies to happen on American soil, and you just moved your daughter to the city that it happened in three days beforehand. I remember just being beside myself because I was supposed to go to Vegas. Yeah. And we had to cancel that trip, and I had to come back into work. But before I came into work, I had to make sure I got a hold of her. And I was scared to death thinking, you know, they've been doing a lot of tourism. They've been checking things out. So did they go, were they at the World Trade Center that day? And, and you know, uh, luckily my daughter loves to sleep. So, <laughs> um, you know, she was completely sound asleep when, when all of it had happened and didn't even know what was going on until until a few hours later. But, yeah, her mom was calling me crying. You need to go get her and bring her home. Like, talk about helpless what am i supposed to do at this point so that was probably the most frightened i've ever been what's the most proud thus far wow i mean for john it should be he's got college graduations and all kinds of things to think about Uh, um there's little things i mean making the waterson even freshman volleyball team when there was 60 girls and they only took 30 total for the uh JV and the freshman for her to, she worked all summer, went to all the camps, went 45 days worth of practicing, and she actually made the team. I, I was I was really proud about that. It, even her first semester at Waterson, her pulling a, I don't know, it was a, like a 3-2, which, you know, it, it, at Waterson, a 3-2s, if you went to Dublin, it'd be a 4-plus. You know, most of the city schools, I mean, Waterson is a high academic... And I was proud of her because she was never a, you know, growing up, grades were always just okay. I mean, mm-hmm. she was never, I mean, it was always a little above average, but that was it. And for her to step in there and and, and really step up to the plate, because I told her I'm not paying 10 grand a year for you to make C's. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to make C's, you can go to Dublin. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go to Watterson, then if I'm going to pay ten grand, I you know, mm-hmm. you're going to make better than C's. It's interesting. Your daughter is going to Watterson now. Uh, John's kids are, have been through Watterson, and I always thought you guys um, always just liked coming to my house and loved being at my house. But I found out that the only reason you guys <laughs> want me to spaces. stay at my house is because you want to park in my driveway <laughs> when your kids get vehicles. I've had I've had John's John's kids in my driveway for a couple of years, and now you're telling me I got Maria coming up? Yeah, I think that saves like $400 a year. I think that's <laughs> one of those parking spaces or 400 bucks. Uh, John, you didn't get the get a chance to comment. Most proud. You know, there, there's there's... There's been quite a few, so um, I'm having trouble picking any single moment out. If That's... I can, if I can share one uh, one story, which which happened early on, 
um, which, which probably made me most proud. Um, Caitlin was, uh, I'm going to say, about three years old uh, at the time. Deidre was about six months old, maybe. She was in a crib still. And uh, we had baby monitors at the time, and we could hear Caitlin in the nursery with uh, with Deidre. And then we hear Caitlin crawling up into the crib. And so Sharon and I jumped up out of bed and we ran into the nursery and we literally saw Caitlin in the air, jumping off the crib onto the floor, laying down and pretending she was asleep. <laughs> and I just looked at her and I'm like, Caitlin, what are you doing? And she looked at me and she said, I don't want to answer that question. And as a criminal defense lawyer, I didn't know whether I should hug her, yeah. smack her, <laughs> yell at her, and and I just smiled and I'm like, if only my idiot clients yeah. would <laughs> listen to my three-year-old kid. Yeah, about, about about the Fifth babes. Amendment at age three, no, I, and I that do. was a, that was outstanding. Um, and, and then just college graduation, high school graduation. Of course, and, those uh, are all left. great moments. Yeah, yeah. so they're. There, there's been quite a few, and yeah. I guess I, I, yeah, I better say something for Gina, my middle one, because she's the middle one. She always gets forgotten, but uh, she's been in the uh, CCAD uh, fashion say. show, yeah. for the last three years now, and her first year in it, I mean, she was only six and a half years old, and she walked that runway like she owned it. I mean, three thousand people at the place, and or two thousand people at the place, and Michael Coleman and. You know, the mayor's in the front row with a bunch of other people. She made that little turn and came back, and the mayor and all the city councilmen that were there, and uh, they all stood up and gave her a standing O as she was walking by, and that was that was really cool. Yeah, I'm proud of my daughter's talent. I mean, she's immensely talented, um, so she keeps uh, giving me moments to be to be proud. And she really is. I mean, she's good. I mean, she's she's uh, way more talented than her own man. I guarantee that, but... Uh, that's a big someplace. I've wondered about this one myself, and I start to wonder if it's ever going to happen because my daughter's uh, 36, and um, you both have three daughters. Marriage, weddings. What's the plan, boys? Well... Uh, I'll start. <laughs> Jamie chiming in already. You know, I, I'd like to offer him a deal right now. Now it's going to be on <laughs> a tape. A deal? It's a deal? It's, now now it's on tape. It's out there forever. Uh-huh. That I will give them each $30,000 in cash to start their lives with if they'll just go to Las Vegas or someplace and just have a nice small wedding. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Do not do what I did. Don't waste $25,000 and take the next 10 years of your life trying to pay off a one-night party for a bunch of strangers. Oh, Jamie, uh, the envelopes, the yeah, envelopes. I, I, I would much rather them, I'd much <laughs> rather just give them the cash so they can put a down payment on a house, do whatever. Now, what's going to really happen is I'm going to pay hundred grand for each of them <laughs> to get married, and I know that's what's going to happen, but I, I'd like to put that offer out there right now yeah. that I'll just give them the cash. They can have it in $100 bills, they can have it in 20s, however they want it. I'll give them 30, 30 grand a piece. John Sayer? I I just told them to uh to to wait and be sure. I told them uh wait till their late twenties, uh make sure that they've established themselves in their jobs and their careers, um, and then, then make the make the, the choice then. So uh um, But you're ready to pay for three weddings? 
you know, the same offer that Jamie uh, <laughs> just just made is out there for for my girls. Uh, but I'm I'm sure they'll go they'll go for the uh, for the wedding. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait I, and I see. Know. I already told my daughter. There's no you will elope. you will elope because uh at school even back then back when she went to new york you know tuition was thirty two thousand dollars a year so yeah uh until that's wrapped up (laughs) you better elope i want to close on a on a kind of a not kind of it is a, a topical uh, point as we move forward um, with um, women in the news and men in the news as well, the Me Too movement and so forth and so on. With daughters, what are you telling your your kids, if anything, at this point? Especially uh, um, the ones that are age at age fifteen, and uh, your oldest probably has her own thoughts and opinions, but. What kind of what what kind of message are you sending, if anything, to your daughters, and 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 how you can how you gonna guide them on this new path that we seem to be on, and and maybe should have been on for a while before this. It, it's uh, we're, we're Jamie and I are both in this same situation, and and as you mentioned already, our our kids went and go to Catholic school. And it, it's tough because there's, you know, look at the Catholic Church. I mean, I, I'm Catholic, um, but, but you know, there's a there, there's the, the whole Catholic faith, faith is, is really based off of that, where, where women are kind of held or are at a lower standard, uh, almost subservient. So, um, you know, dealing with that issue all through schooling, um, you know, I've always taught my kids to, to stand up and say something and do something. Um, I, I can tell you the first, you know, we were at uh, eighth grade uh, award ceremony and they were giving out uh, uh, scholarships for, for high school. And I sat there and did some calculations and I, I, my memory's fading me a little bit, but I think the total was about $18,000 to the boys and about $3,000 to the girls. And I said right then and there, you need to, you need to go say something. And, uh, you know, you, you, the girls need to stand up for the same, same rights as the boys. And my kids yeah, do that. And you, I would, it, I would agree to, I, I, that going, and this goes back to that proud moment. I didn't, that's, John just triggered it. Eighth grade, my daughter and three of her friends actually got up and walked out of class. Really? <laughs> they were talking about, um, homosexuality and they were talking about transgender and one of my wife's. Uh, favorite cousins was a gay man and my daughter absolutely loved her and when the teacher started railing against that my daughter wouldn't stand for it she said something and she walked out of class and when she got home she thought she was going to be in trouble and I I went over and gave her a big hug and I said good for you good for you Um, when it comes to the Me Too movement I think this is a I, I think they're doing a lot of it for us. I think that <coughs> I know, especially w- when, our our wives are pretty strong people. I yeah. mean, you know, both of our wives are are strong and opinionated, and um, they're not going to let anybody walk over them. And I think that they built that into the kids. And I think it's time. And I, I and I'm I'm happy that my daughters may grow up in a different world than what their mothers had to grow up in and their grandmothers had to grow up in. 
I, especially because now with your your 15 year old because that that's the one and Bridget who's 15 going on on 16 as well these daughters especially are 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 getting hit with it from all areas I think the youngest ones your youngest and your oldest are right around the same part I think these are the two age groups that have literally been bombarded with so many things in the last few years ranging from social media to bullying to now the me too movement and have so many questions more questions than probably your first two had and probably more questions than your next two are going to have jamie i mean so you know the focus being on them what do you tell them i mean what's what you know when they come to dad for advice on these situations why did that man do what he did and and why did so and so say this and how do they distinguish? Well, I, I just ahead. try not to pull any punches with them. I mean, I'll let them know my opinion, and I'll tell them it's my opinion. You don't have to agree with my opinion. A lot of people don't agree with my opinion. But uh, I'll give them my opinion on on what I think is right, and, and you know, and their mother will do the same. And it's up to them. I mean, everybody's got to learn. I mean, when they get to be 15, they got to learn to make some of their own choices. I was going to say, is it more important to give them your opinion, or is it more important to give them the facts and I'm let them I'm not going to give them any kind of facts. I mean, I, I'm not going to. I may be a, a staunch Democrat. I'm not going to tell them they got to be a Democrat. You can make up your own opinion when it comes to your political views. You don't think you your should give your views. children facts? What do you? What, what, I don't explain. I don't no, want to. I I can give them my opinion. I'm not going to tell them that. It's a fact. Okay. Oh, you're not going to say my, opinion, my opinion is not is a, fact. a fact. These are my opinions. Correct. I mean, to, I can back up my opinion with facts. Yes, that's what I mean. Are you are you okay with sure. giving them actual facts? Sure. That but are, for every you know, for every fact, true. somebody's going to have another fact that'll counteract. It. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, that's yeah. That is the nature of the beast. And my, with mine, I I've always told them speak up and stand up for what you believe in. Maybe too much because my kids, as you know, have been involved in protests and. Uh, picketing and and uh, a lot of other uh, of other things uh they're, they're involved in politics um they they really do stand up for uh for what they believe in and, and support it um you know even sometimes if they're in the minority they still get the word out there and and, and stand up for what they believe in so i have to say i'm, I'm really proud of the way that they all do that all right uh, what's your oldest doing right now so my oldest is a marketing uh director for a uh Nonprofit company in Cincinnati called Aviatria, um, and uh, she graduated from school uh, with an English degree. And we wondered what the heck is she going to do with that? Mm-hmm. And she's doing exactly uh, what she wanted to do. She's writing, so she she writes uh, blogs, she writes newsletters, she writes uh, magazine articles, um, and uh, uh, does does marketing uh, for a company, raises some some money for the company, things like that. And she also uh, played a big role in, uh, in in writing a book uh, uh, about breast cancer. So she's uh, she's right where she wants to be. And the middle one, has she figured out where she's going yet? Uh, no. So we've had uh, three it's... semesters of college, and she's had three different majors. But at <laughs> least she knows she wants to graduate from college. 
Uh, she's currently a uh, a fashion major at Ohio State University. All right, and the youngest, Bridgie, does Bridget. she know? Does Bridget know what she wants to be? Bridget has no idea what she wants to be, but truthfully, she can probably do what, whatever she wants because she is by far the brightest in the family, including mom and dad and everything. <laughs> so, um, so she can do whatever she wants. Same questions, closing questions for Jamie Maria at fifteen. Has she expressed an interest in what she wants to be when she grows up? Uh, not really. Um... Maybe in fashion design, uh, she's expressed interest in that. So is Gina. Uh, but, you know, at 10 and 7, the other two, uh, they have no idea. But do you as a parent, do you as a dad have a, a look I just, at your kids? There's only one thing, and that's not to be in the produce business like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I got to tell you, gentlemen, this has been uh, kind of enlightening. Like I said, tale of two dads. Um Three great daughters, three two great families, but definitely two different approaches to things, and yet it all works. And I could only hope that my three are as good as your three. <laughs> I'm sure they will be <laughs> as, as they as they continue to grow and, and prosper. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, you, you you're both blessed. You both have great families and great kids, and uh, you know you should try for sons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unless I go buy one, Dino, I'm out of luck. All right, Hansberry, we got to wrap it up, right? Okay. I want to do the following and say thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of uh, Saya and Pyatt. Yeah. Well, your daughter needs bailed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's such good advice. Uh, I've everything you have around you that you love and appreciate was was paid for by people who made bad decisions. That's probably some of the wisest shit I've ever heard. Uh, SPLaws.com or eight 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 OviOhio.com with over one hundred years of collective experience and a reputation for results. The law offices of Saya and Pyatt Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production. Recorded with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions are of those, me, your your host, and my reluctant and tonight not-so-reluctant guests. Thank you guys for being so candid and honest. I appreciate it. And I never meant to offend, only to inform, entertain, etc., etc. And so, until the next model, see ya. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.